0: Granted, there's every reason you, you've forgotten he's our Prime Minister. There are very good reasons for that. Um, He's largely invisible, and um, he's not very good. I don't actually know what's more annoying about him. Is it the fact he sounds like a cross between a slightly patronising primary school teacher and uh, one of the ones from the uh, In Inbetweeners? Uh, if you want to look up who I'm talking about, once you hear it, you'll never stop hearing it. Or is it the fact he's presiding over the disintegration of the social fabric of the country? Now, to be fair, the latter just about edges it, what with the mass poverty, collapsing public services and the resulting avoidable death. Anyway, he really does, just a FYI, sound like a CBB's presenter. And to prove it, the comedian Matthew Hyton, I hope I have pronounced his name correctly, has done a video proving it. We will rebuild trust in politics through action or not at all. So I ask you to judge us on the effort that we put in and the results that we achieve. Lovely stuff. So that is Rishi Sinek uh, actually doing a speech today. He reappeared in public. Lovely to hear from you, Rishi. And he's setting out five pledges for the country, full of ambition and verve and creativity. Now, he's done this lovely, reassuring speech. Um, While the country is, as you may have noticed, convulsed in crisis... Now here's another lovely comedian, she really is one of my favourites, Suze Kempner, and she's mocked up a video which really sets that alight. But right now we've got a set of challenges that we're grappling with, and that's a priority as, I, um, as I've outlined. Uh, and, and with regard to inactivity, there's a range of things that we are looking at that the Chancellor and the Work and Pension Secretary are working on together. If you're listening on the podcast, that was Rishi Sinek superimposed on a video of a burning forest. So let's have a talk about the substance of Rishi Sunak's little speech to us, very generously speaking to his his people, his public, us. So now he clearly knows the country's in a mess um, because presumably he's got some advisors just reeling off some statistics about the horror enveloping British society. Now, obviously, this has everything to do with 13 years, nearly 13 years of... a. Uh, What a magical experience that's been for all of us. So many memories. really has been a joy to be stuck in our own horror film. It has dragged a bit, if I'm honest. Just saying. I think we're all ready for that bit when the evil monsters get their comeuppance. Now, now, even if we talk about the external factors which have played a very substantial role in this crisis, I'm nothing if not fair. I'm not delusional. I I don't think anyone can accuse Rishi Sunak of causing a COVID outbreak in Wuhan in the winter of 2019, or indeed coercing Vladimir Putin to invade Ukraine. Fine. We'll let him off the hook for those two things. See? Nothing if not generous. But the point is, Britain was left particularly exposed to these external shocks because our NHS was run down, our social security net was decimated, and people's living standards were already stagnating or falling. And if you combine a botched... Dealing of the, the the way, sorry, a botched handling of the pandemic. Not always grammatically correct, but you get the gist. Um, we've we've had, well, depends on how you f- measure it really, but over 200,000 deaths if you include COVID on the death certificate. Anyway, Richie's now like fine. I can see the issue. I'll get on the front foot. Uh, there's an election two years away or so. I'll offer out some promises and I'm going to prove my critics wrong. Woohoo! That's the the aim anyway. Hopefully to head off Boris Johnson becoming leader of the Conservative Party after the Tories are battered in the local elections of May 2023. Now, it sounds good, except the promises he's offered are pathetic, to be generous. Pathetic. He's offered promises, overall, largely he can fulfil without him actually doing anything. That's what he's done. So... Let's just go through. Let's just go through these statistics, just to make, just to go through why this is just him taking the piss. Um, so, for example, he's promised to halve inflation to ease the cost of living and give people financial insecurity. But uh, sorry, financial security. They do want to give uh, people financial insecurity though, if you just what they actually do with their policies. So, uh, so do forgive the foigen slip. No, he wants to. Get, he wants to give people financial security. Very much consistent with the theme of the last thirteen years of Tory rule, I'm sure you'll agree. But inflation is set to fall because of factors outside of the government's control. Um, so the Office of Budget Responsibility thinks it'll fall to three point eight percent by the final quarter of this year. So that's nearly two thirds fall. I mean it's things like price of energy is falling. That's not Sunak hasn't he hasn't done that. It, just the way I'm not gonna blame him for Covid happening or Putin invading Ukraine. He's not He's not in charge of that. Obviously, what we're critiquing Rishi Sunak for is leaving Britain exposed to a crisis and then not offering enough help in that particular crisis. That's the critique. Um, But inflation is set to fall um, because of things which he isn't going to do. So when it falls, plausibly by two thirds, he'll go, oh, exceeded my target. Aren't I a magician? But that isn't actually him doing that. So what matters, of course, is food inflation at the moment has already reached 13.3%. That's the highest ever. But, you know, like, for example, the government has suppressed public sector pay in real terms. So many of the people who prop up British society, and Rishi Salak was clapping away at, up, um, turns out claps do not feed people. Uh, the people who prop up British society and got lumped with real-terms pay cuts, even though many of them had already been suffering real-terms pay cuts for years, hence nurses are about five grand... Um, poorer than they in 2010 paramedics about six grand um so the point is again you can look at that of here's a cost of living crisis caused by inflation being high and then him leaving many of the people who prop up british society poor as a consequence so his next pledge, he promises to grow the economy, create better paid jobs and opportunity right across the country. I mean, when they say create opportunity across the country, it's just like, oh, I'm going to create some motherhood and apple pie. Like, what does it even mean? You can't really measure that, really, can you? I'm creating opportunity. Um... Just it's just gibberish, isn't it? Anyway, but so as it is, the consensus of economists is that the UK faces the worst, and longest recession in the G7, falling one percent in 2023. We've already suffered the worst growth in the G7 this year, with a 0.3 percent fall in the third quarter of 2022, which was worse than any other G7 country. G7, just so people know, these kind of these kind of arbitrarily picked you know, rich industrialised countries and all the rest of it. Anyway, so obviously though, the economy is going to grow at some point. I mean, you don't get an indefinite recession unless your country has collapsed entirely. I mean, that, you know, a recession is two quarters of negative growth. It's not, it's not like you can't, so basically you can have a fall and then it can go up again. But obviously, you You know, that that's from a low level. I mean, that's what will happen. They'll chalk that up as a win, basically. So what will happen at some point is, of course, the economy will start to grow from a low level because it's already fallen steeper than other countries, and they'll go, Oh, economy's growing again. Well, yeah, I mean, like the economy grew in the Great Depression, in the United States, <laughs> yeah, various points. It's not, yeah, again, you can see what they're doing there, can't you? They're just waiting for the economy to inevitably start growing again, and then they're gonna take the credit for that, rather than the critique being the economy has unnecessarily contracted because of their policies and then grown a weaker level subsequently. Because of their policies, right. Thirdly, he promises our national debt is falling, so we can secure the future of public services. So, I mean, Labour pointed this out. To be fair to them, this was a target the Office for Budget Responsibility expected them to meet, but it will stand thirty percent higher as a percentage than when they came to power. So you can see what they're doing with these stats again. Like, even if you, you know, I don't really. I mean, talk about national debt and all the rest of it. It's not. This is debt and deficit fetishism, as though actually this is what we should be focusing on. But nonetheless, much higher if you're going by that measure than when they came to power. Promise four, this one really does get on my so-and-sos. Actually quite aggravated by this. Promise four, NHS waiting lists will fall and people will get the care they need more quickly. This really is actually a piss take. Right, we're in the midst of a winter crisis. So what happens is during the winter, you get a surge of, above all else, flu. And COVID now, unfortunately, is part of the illness fabric of the country. So that packs even more pressure on an already struggling National Health Service. So as we enter warmer months, flu and COVID levels will fall. So you get smaller waiting the Sure, but they'll already be—they'll still be way too high. That's just saying that the absolutely huge winter wave will subside because it always does. You can't chalk that up as a wind because it's fallen. Because well, we literally things nothing to do with you. It's just that there's wind. Warmer months, illness levels fall. The the NHS will still be in a massive crisis. It just won't be as acute as it is in winter by definition. So, you know, the Tories can't just blame COVID, by the way, which they keep doing for the current disaster. Because if you look at a graph of waiting lists, it shows that those waiting lists, whatever my problems with last Labour government, many problems I've gone on at length, um, waiting lists went down under Labour because they increased investment. Compromised, yes, by marketisation and privatisation. Well... Long before the pandemic, lists, waiting lists were already going up under the, t- under the Tories. And by the way, actually, because they mishandled the COVID pandemic, that's also piled on this extra pressure, which has meant waiting lists are unnecessarily high. That's w- what we said at the time. If you let the virus run rampant, you put on pressure on the NHS and stop people being treated for other illnesses. That's why we locked down. It wasn't just for a laugh, was it? Let's be honest with you. Finally, we will pass new laws to stop small boats, making sure that if you come to this country illegally, you are detained and swiftly removed. Every toy pm has promised this. This is their... They won't stop going on about it, and that's the thing. Because what we need to talk about is the root cause of this so-called crisis, which is that the government have clamped down on legal and safe routes. We have fewer asylum seekers entering this country than at the start of the millennium. It's just we have more people coming via small boats because they clamped down on the other routes. We take in far fewer refugees than certainly poor countries, given they take in 86%, let alone rich countries like Germany or France who take in, again, a lot more than we do. And that's without looking at the British government's role in armed conflicts like Iraq and Afghanistan, which has obviously forced people to flee their homes because of violence, which our governments are directly complicit in. Now, these pledges are a total nonsense. They're a sham. They're not down to government achievements, what's being set out. They're down to things which are out of the government's control, like the weather becoming warmer. I mean, like... (laughs) And they're not setting ambitious targets because they don't have any ambition for this country. They're just this c- c- party representing wealthy vested interests who've who've let this country descend into a cesspit, you know, with a, over a decade of stagnating and falling living standards, of shredded public services, and now an NHS on the state on the verge of total collapse. The country's in a total mess. They did this. I keep saying it because they did, okay? Yes, they had external problems to deal with, but they left us exposed to them, and now we are up shit creek, and I'm afraid to say there is no paddle in sight. So these pledges are a nonsense. Don't let him say at the end of the year, oh, look what I did there. You didn't do anything, Rishi Sadak. You didn't do anything. You're a rubbish prime minister who people can barely remember you even there, you're, you, you're complicit, obviously, in all the policies that have led us to this point of national catastrophe. And you can't set actually ambitious targets, which would mean actually improving people's living standards, because your party's ideologically wedded, wedded to ideas and policies, which tragically, I'm afraid to say, have left this country in the shit. Okay, that's enough for me. I've gone on long enough. Please like, subscribe. And if you want to keep this, I would say, alternative to a right-wing media ecosystem alive, do support us on patreon.com forward slash jose 4 See you soon.